This week on Melanated Conversations, we get personal. Our dear co-host and my amazing cousin, Tarian Jones, shares her personal story of how one act changed the trajectory of her life. She shares in on her experience of shame, guilt, anger, forgiveness, and acceptance, and offers sound advice for others that may share in on a similar experience. We originally recorded another version of this episode last season, but the timing for release wasn't right until now. So I encourage you to listen with an open heart as my cousin opens hers to the world. Welcome to Melanated Conversations, our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Melanated Conversations. I am your co-host, Yana. And I'm your co-host, (laughs) Daria. Welcome, y'all, back to the show. Yes. Um, Yeah, so today is a very special day and a very special episode. Well, you know, all of our episodes are special, but this one is special um, in its own unique way. Um, As you guys remember last season, um, I personally shared um, about my personal story of health scares and depression and things that I experienced over the past few years and how, you know, I navigated through that Mm -hmm. Um, and how I realized through, you know, telling that story, I realized the strength of my own voice and story. Well, today... Um, my good friend here and favorite cousin and co-host. I'm sorry, can I get it? I mean, we friends, but girl, we more than friends. Yeah, my everything. Well, I ain't got to be all that. I ain't got to be all that. (laughs) I'll take it though. (laughs) No, we are. Um, Tarion is actually going to be pulling back the curtains to share a little of her personal story. Yeah. Um, and before we actually go into that, I just want to say, y'all, um, I encourage you to listen with an open heart and mind, free of judgment. Tarion is doing something very beautiful and brave by sharing, you know, the vulnerable parts of her and, I just respectfully ask as her fan, friend, and family member. Is that better? Mm. Than I, I like all of them. Fan, friend, family, friend, 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 family. Yeah. But I respectfully <laughs> ask that you respect her and this space or discontinue listening now. Simple Ooh. as that. She said but- what she said. <laughs> um, but now, you know, that we got our pleasantries out of the way. I want to re-welcome you all to our guest of the show today, my writer, my right hand, Tarian 
Jones. Hey, 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 what's up, y'all? Thank you. I like that little intro you gave, and I'm feeling a disclaimer because I'm, yeah, I, I would hate to see it. I would really hate to see somebody try to come for me after this episode airs. I really would. I would really hate for it. Oh, you ain't got to work. I know. See, you ain't got to come see me. Not for me. That's what I'm talking about. I feel sorry for whoever tried. No, thank you so much for um for that for that quick little intro. And yeah, like Yana said, uh you know, I'm pulling back the curtain today and um I, I will be sharing a portion of my story, a little memoir, if you you wanna be uh technical, I guess you could say. Um, but we'll be having a little story time and as Yana uh just pointed out as well, you know with this with this platform and even with a lot of the work that she does with her platform um you know really learning the importance of voice has been inspiring for me to watch other women come on the show and share their stories and their their vulnerabilities and all those different things and then really understanding the importance of 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 my voice um you know because Here's the truth of the matter. Something that I've learned from using my voice, you know, some a lot of times there, are, you know, we all have parts of our lives that that are not pretty. Mm-hmm. And um, at some point, did you go through those things? You know, you have to ask yourself, did I did I go through these things? You know, and there's no there was no purpose behind it. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that there's a per- there was a purpose behind the things that you've gone through and have been able to come out on on the other side. Um, if it was nothing but a lesson for yourself, you know what I'm saying, to do better. Um, and the and then most importantly, I think to be able to share that with someone else, um, so that either they don't make that same mistake, or they can learn. You know what I mean? Or they get to know you on a deeper level. They say, "Oh, okay, this person isn't like all mirrors and fluff." You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this person has some depth to them. Um, and so, definitely, and, and also not only that, but you know, you taught me this when you tend to stifle your voice, you're not harming anybody else but yourself, right? You kind of place yourself in a cage and you're like, like I feel trapped type of thing. And it's like, well, you're not, you're not using your voice. You're not sharing your story. You're not sharing parts of yourself. Um, And then in turn with that too, when you're not doing that, not only are you harming yourself, but you, you may be missing out on sharing that with someone that God has placed in your path. So that, you know, that's definitely something that I have learned here within the, you know, the last year, I think, because Yana and I had talked about this almost a year ago. And she was like, you, you need to share this. I was like, okay, I think I'll, I'll share it. Okay. Okay. I understand. I need to share it. No, but no. I said in your timing though, you did. You did. I, no, I know yeah. how it takes, it's a process. Cause you know, when you, you you experience that and sometimes you can't do it in that moment because you're still feeling the feels and you know yeah. it, it, it it there is a morning there you know there's a whole process to accepting your story enough to where you know you aren't affected anymore I won't say aren't affected anymore but you know when you finally get to a space where you're ready to share it you're the keeper of your own story so 
if mm-hmm. you if you become acquainted with it or anyone throws it, you really can't top what you haven't accomplished within your own self. I don't know if that makes sense. I was trying to. Yeah, no, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Also, one more thing before I go into the story uh, part, just in, in talking about my purpose and what I truly believe everyone's purpose is. Um, but this is just specifically, I think, from my Christian worldview. I believe that be, because everybody is every human being is created that we are created for a purpose and our our number one purpose is to number one, to know God, to love him, to serve him and to serve others and to make him famous. And so what I mean by when I say make him famous, meaning like even through the things that we go through in life, those things aren't when, when the good and even when, and when the bad things happen, when we're able to come out of those things victorious it's not because of our own work it's not because of our own doing it's truly because of him and so for me to take credit for those things that's not that's not fair the creator the one who created me you know i have, i have to give honor uh and glory to so I, I definitely think that even in this story that you'll hear that it, at the end of the day it's not about me or any of the the other parties it's really about redemption. So, yeah. Mm, all right. <laughs> if you hear if you hear my voice shaking as well, you know, this is this is the yeah. first time. This is not the first time that I've shared this story with individual people, but this is my first time sharing this part of my story with uh on the internet, on the on in the world with mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying on on a, a big platform like this. So, if you, if you're hearing the the shakes in my voice, yes, I am very nervous. But you know, I feel like you know what's what's the what's the quote? Like speak even if your voice shakes, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. So yeah, we gonna get through this. Let's kind of start off a little bit about you. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little about your origin story. Where are you from? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm from born and uh, was yeah technically born and raised uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas slash North Little Rock. <laughs> and yeah, so I was raised actually by my grandmother. My my um my mom died when I was three, almost four. Mm-hmm. Uh she died in a car accident. And so uh, my grandmother had guardianship of me. And so she raised me from from year three on on up until I uh left home. And so yeah, you know, definitely had a had a good life and was surrounded by, you know, all the all the things my grandmother tried to make sure she exposed me to uh, as much stuff as possible. So I did, you know, the dance and the the gymnastics and the Girl Scouts and the cheerleading and the piano lessons and anything you could think of. You know, she just really tried to make sure that I uh, was exposed to as many things as possible. So yeah, I mean, I think that's oh, and of course, church was was huge a huge part of of my, my upbringing, my, my background and all those things. So definitely spent more than one day a week at church. I'll say that. <laughs> you know all about that life. Man, 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 man. But yeah, you know, overall, I, I think I had a, 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 a good life. I had a good life. You know, there, there are definitely bits and pieces in there that, you know, we may talk about at another time, but there was a solid foundation that was, that was laid. For, for the most part, um, I had I had a relationship with my dad. I didn't live with my dad. Um, obviously, Yana and I are cousins. But that, that's that's my dad's side of the family. Yes. Um, but you know, I, I didn't I didn't live with him. I didn't grow up 
you know what I'm saying? Seeing my dad every day. So that definitely impacted me as well. I technically grew up as an only child, although I have siblings, you know, from my dad's side, but I technically grew up as an only child. So learning how to share, ooh, that was hard. We spent many of summers and times together as kids and, and holidays. So mm-hmm. you were like the sister that I always wanted because I, yeah, I I'm the only girl. You know, I wanted a I wanted a sister, someone that I can kind of share in that you know experience together growing up. So yeah. I latched on to Terry. I don't know if she she. Oh, I latched back. I was like, I don't know if I, you know, I'm thinking back on that. I was like, I, I wonder if I was one of them, them bugging because I was like, man, no. I'm just like, man, just come on. Just come no, on. No, not at all. Not at all. No. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? The the funny thing is, um, and, and we're, I'm going to get back into our story, but yeah. the other day we were outside, we, we went walking and the girls were riding their bikes, whatever. And, you know, my oldest child is, um, you know, she's different. She's just different from the standpoint of is, you know, she really immerses herself in information and mm-hmm. she's very black and white about things. And she's not super, it's weird because she is adventurous in the most odd times. You'd be like, you, you think, oh, she's never going to do that. And she's like, <laughs> I'm, she's diving head, head first into stuff. But for the most part, she's very cautious, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, they're riding their bikes. And I think, my youngest daughter kept like maybe either getting in front of her. And so in her mind, she's like, she's, she keeps getting in my way. So I can't get around her. Like just really just being extra dramatic. And, and then she starts to kind of get in her head and she's like, I just want, it's hot out here. I just want to go back to the house. I don't even want to ride my bike anymore type of thing. And we're, we're riding down a hill and or walking down a hill. They're riding down a hill. And I was like, we're almost home. Like me and my husband were like, like you gotta chill yo like you just you're making this more than you're making this so complicated you're making this not enjoyable and uh Dre goes I don't know where she get that from and I was like I ain't gonna hold you I said I think I might have an idea where she may get some of that from I said I said I think she gets some of it from me I said here's the thing no I said I had to quickly learn and adapt and adjust I said because the the summers and the Christmases and the holidays that I spent in Brinkley, it was either you going to either get in and you're going to be a daredevil and we're going to do all the fun, crazy country stuff, or you're going to sit at the house. You're going to get in or get left. That you was gonna get in and get left. And that was it. That was it. And I was like, so I had to learn how to just real quick. I was like, I was the quote unquote city cousin, but I had to learn to get country real fast. But I was like, I said, I think so. That that definitely played to my advantage where for her, like she hasn't had a lot of those experiences to where, you know, you, you get right or you get left type of thing. And I was like, so I had to get pushed. She hasn't necessarily gotten, she didn't get indoctrinated like I did. Uh, but I was telling him about that the other day. I was like, yeah, man, with, with Boo and Keto, like that, that was a different yeah, man. You know, Zila, you gonna you gonna get with it, get with the it's you <laughs> So yeah. let's talk about um let's kind of hop into you getting to this space of you know sh- wanting to share your story and also telling us a little bit of kind of what you're wanting to share today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um <sighs> You know, like I said earlier, when we first started the episode, there there was definitely some encouragement from you and a few other people of just knowing that this part of my story needs to be shared because 
like I said, you never know how it may impact someone else or someone else being like, oh my gosh, that's my story too. The time has come for me to be able to share this. I recently went through a, um, uh, I guess you could say a Bible study about a year ago. It was, it was like, it was a year ago, about a year ago. And it helped tremendously. It helped tremendously. And and I'll talk a little bit more about that in depth. But um, I w- And then I was also able to walk, help walk some women through through the study again this this past uh, spring and got to watch the the transformation happen for them. So, you know, I find myself my senior year in high school, I'm 17 years old, getting ready to graduate go off to college in the fall. And basically, long story short, I I find out that I'm pregnant. And and let me just say this as well. The other parties that that played a role in this, I I don't want to focus so much on necessarily who these people were. Not the, the who or the you know what I'm saying? Not to, not it's to more villain. about you. You're telling, yes, not villainizing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not villainizing these individuals right. at all. Okay. So anyway, I find myself pregnant and, and now I am faced with the, the, the question I, I'm at a crossroads. Now for me personally, I was like the idea of quote unquote options was not an option for me. In my head, in my mind, I that that was just how I felt. I'm not going down that road, okay? Um, and the the father of 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 the child, who is not my husband, and my husband is well aware of the story. Uh, but you know, he also felt the same way. We were keeping this baby, okay? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know. Because I think at the time, and I don't know state laws and all that different stuff now, um, but I know in certain states, the law has to be when it comes to terminating a pregnancy, if you are a certain age, if you're under, I think if you're under 18, you have to have like a legal guardian or someone like sign off on that. Or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And so in my case, the the, the option was, we, we, are, we are not having this baby. You're not going to have this baby. You have too much stuff going on in your life. You're getting ready to go off to college. This is, we're, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We can't do this. And, and, I, and I fought tooth and nail. I fought tooth and nail. But unfortunately, because I was technically still a minor, the decision was made for me. Right. And I remember like, so when you when you get to the clinic, um, and e- and even then, like it's so funny uh, thinking back, like sitting in the clinic, and I'm sitting in in an abortion clinic, and I'm still saying to myself, I'm still not having, it. like I'm not terminating this pregnancy, like I don't care who I'm here, but you ain't you're still not about to, you know, make me do what I don't want to. Exactly, exactly, digging my heels in, digging my heels in. But I remember, like they they take you back, and they want to just make, they want to confirm the pregnancy. So they do an ultrasound and like, it's like, okay, now you're rubbing salt in the wound. Okay. Cause now you're confirming a pregnancy. You're playing heartbeats. You're showing me baby on a, on a monitor. So this is real. And so of course, you know, I was like, well, damn, definitely not terminating still at this point. Do you know then, how far you were at this point? Far, far I think I was about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I was about six weeks, somewhere between the four and six week mark. 
After they do the ultrasound, then you go back. They took me into another room where you speak with a like a, a counselor or something like that. And their job, I mean, without trying to get, you know, controversial or political, but their job, I mean, their job is to make money, right? Mm-hmm. And their job is to convince you to go through with this procedure. And so, you know, she threw every dart at me to try to convince me to break. And she did. She broke me. She broke me um, at a certain point. And I was just kind of like, you know what? Because everybody around me seems to think they know what's best for me. And there's for a second. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. to you off. But no, you're fine. Okay. So you're in the room with a counselor. Mm-hmm. And rather than to kind of hear you understand your story or how you feel, she or he, I don't know if it was a female. It was a she. Now. It was a she. It was a so she went with the approach to just automatically making that decision for you. Like, well, it was, you know, okay. So now we've confirmed. Okay. And the question was asked, do you still want to go? Do you want to go through with this? Of course, I'm like, no. Okay, well, let's talk about why you don't want to go through this. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? I hear you're going to college in the fall. I hear da 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 da. You've got so much going on. For oh, you. So she was doing it in a way that was, she was basically saying it without saying it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very nuanced. Very, very nuanced. Almost like this is for the betterment of you. This is this is going to work out better mm. in your favor if you go through with this. And I and I want to say this also. Um, and this is my personal conviction, my my personal feelings about this, because I've heard other women say, you know, the the nurses or the doctors say this. Don't worry about this. It'll be it'll all be over soon. That's a lie. Mm. That's a lie. Because the truth of the matter is. <laughs> You never forget that moment. You never, ever forget that moment. And you think about that child for the rest of your life. Okay. So it's not a one and done type of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's, that's a lie that I think so many women end up getting pulled into. I, and I don't care what your beliefs are. If you are quote unquote pro-choice or, or pro-life or, or whatever you call yourself, it's, it. The truth of the matter is, I truly believe it's a lie because no matter if, yes, if that if it's over in a few moments and you can go on about life afterwards, you know, in your heart and in your mind, you never forget about that moment. Okay. So anyway, so at this point, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, like I said, everybody is like, we, we basically made this decision for you. And so I'm like, okay, so I guess this is what I'm doing because I'm, I'm feel like I've gotten back into a corner and, I, and I'm going to go through with this. So all reluctancy, I, I go through the procedure thing. And I've heard, I've heard other stories for, from other women, you know, like I said, everybody's, everyone's experience is different. Thank God for whatever reason. Um, I do not remember the procedure itself. I remember waking up from it. Some women are not as, I don't want to say lucky, but some women are not as fortunate and they either wake up from procedure or they are wide awake when a procedure happens. And mm-hmm. so thank God that I did not have that experience. I just remember going to sleep and then waking up and then being rolled out to the car. And, you know, of course, like I am like very sad. And I, I guess you could say in some ways was very depressed. I remember getting back to the house and just like going to bed 
and like not like not wanting to talk to anybody, not want to eat, I want to be bothered or any any of that stuff. You know, it's funny too. At the time I was working at, I was working in the motherhood maternity store. And I remember, I think maybe a day or two after I went back to work, but they gave me some sort of medicine I had to take. Um, I don't, it may have been like antibiotics or something like that. And I remember getting sick at work and like having to go back home um, just from, from everything. But anyway, just kind of leading, leading up. So after that experience is over, like I'm definitely, I'm kind of dead inside, if that makes sense. I'm mm-hmm. some dead inside. And it's something I really didn't realize until like, like within the last couple of years. Cause after, after that happened, like, yeah, I kind of went on like, like I wasn't happy about it. My relationship ended. Um, and I just kind of started just going through life and just doing like whatever, not even realizing. So not realizing that I was kind of self-medicating mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. No, that know? absolutely makes sense. And yeah. I kind of, I, f- I feel like, cause I share in the space of, you know, when decisions are made on behalf of you and mm-hmm. cause I think we've talked about this numerous of times and how that changed the trajectory of who we are and our behaviors. And sometimes we catch ourselves in this life now reacting certain ways when we feel like someone is trying to insert their opinion on us or make us um, do yes. a certain thing that we don't want to do. It takes us back to this place. And so even, you know, especially in that experience, because that was a big life decision, big life altering decision, and ultimately something that you personally have to, you had to, and still do live with throughout your life. And, you know, that leaves a stain on you. So that moment, I mean, I'm not trying to project this on you. I would say it was probably one of those pivotal times that changed the core of your character. Yeah. Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. It's so, and like I said, a lot of this stuff, you know, the whole high, hindsight of twenty twenty. No point right. to the year twenty twenty, which has been <laughs> trash, by the way. <laughs> but um, you know, it, that saying is, is true because you know, I I look back and I see how I would sabotage relationships, mm. individuals with friends, like any anybody, and not consciously sabotage right but sabotage enough to where like I would build a relationship or a friendship with someone but at the same time like I gotta keep you like in a certain space because either number one I've seen tendencies to where I think you may possibly hurt me or I don't know if you will or not and so just to be sure I'm gonna do something trash to like make sure you don't hurt me first you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and and realizing like that that stemmed a lot of that stemmed, I think, from that moment. Because the truth of the matter is I felt like individuals in my life who at the time I felt like should have protected me, mm. they didn't. They took and and, and here's back to the, the whole voice thing, they took my voice away from me. Mm. Right. And in that moment when I was at that crossroads, I felt like I was using my voice so loud. And it was getting drowned out. It was, it was like, dig, honey, boo, it don't matter what you saying. This is going to happen. Okay. 
this is going to happen. And so I think there was a part of me that was like, okay, so whatever I say doesn't matter. And so therefore, either, like I said, I'm going to sabotage relationships just to make sure you don't hurt me. Or I, I, I got into like a, a ugly scope of not speaking up for myself, ironically, because it was like, well, if I speak up, there's a possibility that you're going to knock down or blow down or blow over whatever I'm saying. So I might as well not say anything at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think that harmed me in a lot of ways, too, over the course of life where I probably should have spoken up for myself in certain situations. And I didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, OK, you've, of course, you know, th- those course of events have taken place. Now you've gone off to college and you're, you know, quote unquote, full fledged adult now. How did your life unfold for you? You know, like how were you quote unquote coping? Not necessarily because a lot of this too, I'm, I'm pretty sure it came to you through, you, it wasn't things that you were just thinking, you, you probably weren't thinking about that, that event anymore, mm-hmm. but you're reacting still to that event. So kind of walk us through what that looked like as you, you know, going through your pre your adult years, your early yeah. adult years and how you were, you know, Navigating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I want to go back for a minute because this is going to lead into what I'm about to say. So remember earlier when I talked about the lie of believing, oh, this this is basically for your betterment. It'll all it'll be over with and you can go on with life. I remember like hitting the fall, the fall of that year and 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 going off to school. And it really started. It's crazy. As much as I fought tooth and nail to not have to go through that after it was over with, I found myself being like, well, maybe it was beneficial for me. Like I have all these freedoms. I'm allowed to do all these things. I don't have to worry about, you know, being a mother and and I can kind of go on with my life and not have to worry about that so so maybe that was like not a bad thing you know what i'm saying so i it's crazy enough i actually kind of started to believe that that lie that was told to myself um and so like i said you know in the process i you know i'm going through life and um i i feel like i was i was i did a lot of really dumb stuff like just foolish 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 stuff. And, you know, like I said, had relationships with people that I, you know, that just, it, it's crazy. Cause as much as I was like, Oh, like before you hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you type of thing. I still would find myself in those kind of reckless situations. You know what I'm saying? Thank God though. I, you know, I, I made friendship, I, I made friends and built friendships with individuals who I'm still very close friends with to this day um, that, that know this part of my story. And, you know, I think that's, that was, that was nobody but God and everybody else got left in the wind. You know what I'm saying? But the truth of the matter is, like I said, even though, like, even though I, I got to a point where I was just kind of like doing life and kind of going through every once in a while, like then what starts to creep up in the back of my head? Oh yeah. I was pregnant. I had a baby that I don't have anymore. And then, so then these milestones start to kind of like, tick up in your head. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, year one. Okay. 
It was like that goes by a couple of years go by. It's like, oh man, I would have a kid that would be starting kindergarten soon. Okay, that's weird. Okay, another another milestone. Oh my gosh, I would have a ten year old. Oh my gosh, and and now to the point like so this year I would have my my child would have been seventeen. Wow. Yeah. So it's like it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? To 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 think <laughs> that I'd have a teenager right now like that is just absolutely like that's that's crazy to me did you seek counseling or no no and lord no and we you know we talk about this a lot too the idea of like especially in the black community not not seeking counseling and not going through counseling for whatever reasons either because we just don't even have the knowledge of thinking oh i should probably go to counseling for this or thinking like, well, that's not something you go to counseling for, Mm -hmm. or I just don't need counseling (laughs) and not realizing like, this is, this is this, the truth of the matter is that experience is a very traumatic event. It, it causes severe trauma. Um, So much so that studies have shown like there is PTSD that women actually get from that experience. And so, so for some women, like even the idea of like going to a dentist and hear drilling noises, they can't, they can't deal with it because mm-hmm. they, yeah, they relate, it relates back to that moment for some women. So anyway, um, so no, I, I never even considered the idea of, of, of counseling. And I just, here's the thing. I just, like I said, I just tried to cope with it, but the, here's the other side of that. While we talk about me sabotaging relationships, I also had started digging this well of anger Mm. as well in my heart. I think initially I knew what it was. And then after a while, I was kind of like, okay, I'm over it type of thing. But I started digging a well of anger and kind of resentment in my heart towards towards the individuals that played a role in in me going through this process. You know what I mean? Forcing my hand in this. And for for years, for years, you know, definitely had a lot of anger and, res- and resentment towards people, towards family members. Like I said, I didn't realize it. And it really until last year, which I'll start, I'll talk about the study here in a, in a, in a minute, um, that that's where some of my anger and the idea of my voice being taken away from me and not being able to speak up for myself and advocate for myself, that, that stemmed from that one event. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so like I said, I'm kind of going through life and I think I'm thinking at this point, like I, at this point I'm, I'm married, we're having children and, and life is good. But at the same time, like, I'm still not forgetting about this child in the back of my head, like at all, like this baby does not go away, but I'm still, you know what I'm saying? The Lord was still kind of gracious to me, not kind of, the Lord was still gracious to me to still allow me to have children raise children, have, have a family so our church, every every uh, every year, I think it's like in January, something like that. And, I, and it's usually kind of nationwide too. Um, but a, a lot, it's called like Sanctity of Life Sunday, right? Where you just recognize the, um, the what is it? The sanctity of life, like how precious life is, in particular when it comes to the life of unborn. On unborn babies, our 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 pastor gets up 
and it's so funny because it's like it always throws you off guard because you never really realize, oh, it's Sanctity of Life Sunday until you're sitting in the in the sanctuary and your pastor gets up and he just kind of maybe, you know, gives a, a few brief words and never in a way to where it makes, uh, and never from a convicting place or a shame or guilt place, but just just overall just talking about how life is precious, right? And, and it, it would always stir up something in me. It's like, oh, it's like, I hate this feeling like, oh, and then it's like, do other people see my face? Like, do other people see like my eyes watering? Like, I'm just kind of uneasy, shifting in my chair type of thing. Like, is it just me? Am I the only, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things are like going through my head. It's like, I wish you wouldn't do this. Why? Like, can I get a warning uh, or something? Somebody let me know. Is it like the day of life Sunday? Uh, What's going on? So I can at least prepare myself, put my finger up, walk to the bathroom, do something. Then, and then I'll come back in when this is all over with. Anyway, so that 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 was becoming like a you know every every year I think in January that was a thing. Tell us a little bit about the study, how you got involved, and in, yeah, and your experience. Yeah, yeah. So like I was just saying, we so we our church would always recognize Sanctity of Life Sunday. And so our women's ministry leader, for whatever reason, like this one particular study kept coming, kept kind of popping up or not necessarily that, but the, the subject matter of abortion kept popping up. And so she was just like, if the statistics are true um, and knowing how many women we had in our church, um, that there there are a handful of women, there are quite a few women in here that this may be their story, right? And how do we walk women through this? Because the truth of the matter is the church ha- has not done the best job in addressing these type of issues. The church will preach fire and brimstone mm-hmm. when it comes to these topics but no one is addressing the women who have either faced this issue are facing this or, or more, more, more likely who have faced this issue. And this is, this is their, this is their life mm-hmm. post-abortion. And so then if you've got someone who stands in a pulpit or is picketing saying, you're going to hell, you're a murderer, all these different things. Well, what am I supposed to do with that information? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not that this topic is supposed to make you feel good, better, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, th- this is not helpful. You know what I'm saying? And this is not productive in any form or fashion to condemn someone for the choices that they've made. Right. Um, Particularly for some, you know, that, in, especially like in your case, that we're kind of forced yeah. Well, and it, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What are you saying? No, you're good. I was just saying they just didn't have a, you know, a voice in this decision. So Oh, absolutely. And and here's the other thing that and like I said, when I kind of start talking about the study here in a second, you know, it's not even just the people who felt like they didn't have a, a voice in the situation, even the women who willfully chose to to make this decision. Right. It's not fair for them either for you to beat them over the head, okay? 
And so anyway, she knew, she knew there, she just felt like there's got to be an answer. There's got to be a way to tackle this topic, to provide healing for women who have experienced this. And so she, like, she did her research. She came across a study. She vetted it. Uh, I, along with the other few people, vetted it. Unbeknownst to her, we vetted it. And that was every one of our stories. And so in the process of just kind of vetting the, to say, to see if this was something we wanted to bring to the church, we were obviously all in agreement. And so she goes, well, before we bring this to the church, you're going to have to actually physically go through the, through the actual study itself, like video book, all do the work. You've got to do the work. So then the last summer, eight weeks of <laughs> in-depth like hard, 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 hard work of going through just, you know, facing your story, how it's made you feel, how God views you, how God views the situation. And then what happens after, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? After that. And so for me, you know, I was able to pinpoint the things that I've been talking about as far as me, not me, feeling like my voice was taken and me not being able to advocate for myself, me being angry and the hypocrisy on my part in the fact that if I consider myself to be a Christian, two things, how could I not forgive someone else for a transgression against me? Number one, if I say that Jesus is my savior, And number two, because I claimed for him to be my savior and he offers me forgiveness, then that's absolute. And I'm following in his footsteps. How dare I not offer forgiveness to someone else? And the other thing in that with forgiveness is that forgiveness does not mean that, you know what I mean? Like the parties have to interact with each other. It really is that you hear people always talking about like forgiveness really is for you. As an individual, because the truth of the matter is I'm holding on to this, this anger, this rage of you should have done this and you should, or why didn't you and da, da, da. And it's like the other person's kind of moved on with life and I'm still stuck in a rut, kind of being like, you know what you did to me type of thing. And it's like, no, you got to move on. You got to forgive. And it doesn't mean that you forget. Right. Does not mean that you forget ever. You don't ever forget because then if you forget, then you can find yourself in a similar situation where someone may, you know what I mean, put you in a vulnerable, vulnerable position and you end up doing something that you regret. But um, it does mean that you you let you you let those feelings of hate and anger, you let you let them go. You really have to to release them. And then on the other side of that you know, just remembering that, that number one, that, that the life that is, that is no longer here, it is still very much precious. Um, And it was important, which it was a very hard process for me to do, but to um, personify the baby. So to like give the baby a name and kind of pray and ask the Lord if he would reveal like, maybe what the baby's gender was and all those, those type of things and being like, okay, let's look at like the bright side of this. So what can we take away, away from this situation? Even though your child is not physically here with you as a believer, then I believe that my child is in heaven. So then my child doesn't even have to deal with all the nonsense that's going on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Down, down here. 
but just being able to present, you know, really give my, my, my baby, you know, saying a name and, and all those different things and properly eulogize their life and then say, okay, well, what does life look like going forward? And how do I deal with the triggers that I know that I have? Because that doesn't mean my triggers won't go away, but to recognize them and how do I deal with my triggers from here on out? Um, and so it, it was a tremendous, extremely wonderful experience. There were weeks that were like super hard. And I was just like, I think I'm, you and I, this, I think it was around the time we were like setting up the podcast too. And I was just like, I just, ugh. Like this Let's sucks. just have a moment. Let's just yeah. <laughs> like this sucks. Like honestly though, and I don't know if I shared this, we may have talked about it, but when you were going through that study, cause you would kind of, you know, tell me, you wouldn't tell me like, all like the fullness of the study, but you'll tell me personally, like how you felt that week or some of the hard things that you're having to deal with. And, and, you know, I remember in that moment because like that was around the time too, where I was just getting to a point where in my own story Mm -hmm. that I was getting ready to, you know, open up and, you know, and share my story and, you know, and, and, quit hiding behind my own voice and Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me and sharing some things and it clicked for me and you know while our situations weren't the same our experiences kind of paralleled and I Mm -hmm. saw so much through you and just how you know I personally learned through the journey that you were going through and and it helped me to kind of navigate and understand and recognize like you got to let some things go or also, you know, being open enough to share. Cause we talked about this sharing with our spouses, like yeah. why we react in certain ways <laughs> and, and not just right. being short and, you know, cause we can get real short and be like, you know, just leave me alone or just, yeah. you know, we can, and sometimes we can fight fire with fire, but having Man. to let them in on it because they weren't a part of our lives during those life altering moments. Yeah. Recognizing that it wasn't unfair to, you know, dish things out on them out of things that we were still reeling from that happened to us well before them so absolutely yeah we talked we talked a lot about that but even you know as you were going through this it helped me too oh man yes (laughs) but I wanted to ask you what was one what what was like a light bulb moment for you while you were doing the study like what was one thing that like shook you that opened your eyes in a new way to something or you know just changed your thought process. Yeah. But really, I think the, the, the triggers for me, which you, and you were just kind of talking about this too, like even with my husband, um, you know, certain conversations we would have and my, my husband is bullheaded, right? You know, he's a Taurus, just like you. Hey. My husband has a very strong, he's very opinionated. Um, and he will, he will, he will stick to his gun. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> For me, it was triggering for me. And I didn't know it, obviously, until I, I got to a certain week of the study. It was like, yo, this makes so much sense. Why this would send me off into, like, I was, I would flip, flip out or be so upset in a conversation that we're having or, or a disagreement or, or whatever. 
because what? It took me back to that place where I felt like my voice was being taken away from me. And you're not listening to me. And and it's like, we, we're supposed to be in this together. We're supposed to have each other's back. You ain't got my back right now. And it wasn't, a, and, and not you, you don't agree with me, but you're not listening to me. You know what I'm saying? The idea of feeling like I'm not being heard. Woo. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Like at least acknowledge what I'm saying has is, is impacting you in some sort of way instead of me speaking and then and I'm feeling like you just not trying to hear nothing that I'm saying and right or say, or the other part of that feeling like you're not hearing me out you just go straight to try to fix the situation yeah exactly. yes yeah, yeah 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 that part that part, that part. So that was definitely a huge breakthrough, which is ironic because you think, oh, like, but the study was about, you know what I'm saying? Like the effects and trauma of abortion. And that really has nothing to do with abortion, but it had everything to do with my abortion story um, that led up to, you know what I'm saying? Like that event happening. And so not the, and that's not to take away from the 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 act itself that you know what I'm saying like definitely affected me but but thank the Lord like I said there are some things that I did not experience through that process that 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 you know what I'm saying sounds and smells and all this I didn't I didn't I didn't have those experiences thank the Lord um, so a, a lot of that other traumatic type of stuff I that that's not part of my story. It is something I'm sitting here. I'm thinking about right now, um, and you know, every with my two girls when I was pregnant with them, um, and I remember like confirming both. You know, going to the doctor and they confirmed both both pregnancies with, with ultrasounds, and both times like I got ultrasounds with them, and like I like broke down, like got the ultrasounds and got to hear the heartbeat, and the moment I got to hear the heartbeat, like I lost it. And now I'm thinking about it. I think that that is honestly linked to that moment when I had my first first ultrasound when I was 17 and they, and I got to see the baby and hear the baby's heartbeat. Like I just had that kind of like, and not that that, but that that's sort of a trigger. Cause I, I was like, especially with the second man, I was like, why am I doing this again? Like, girl, we know like, okay, we see a baby. We it's a heartbeat. Okay, great. But like the motion that overwhelmed me both times, I'm wondering if that was like even linked. You know what I'm saying? Oh, to yeah. that Yeah, that first time. That's crazy. I just kind of had that epiphany or whatever. I don't know. So now you've basically entered um into the study again, not as yeah. a participant, but as someone who's guiding through the study. Was there anything different that you recognize and learned, you know, as going basically going through this again, as well as guiding others through this journey too? Yeah. So, you know, had the honor of being able to help walk some women through this study this past spring. And, you know, a few things that I, I've learned from from this like helping walk other women through it. The emotions, they don't necessarily change for you. If that makes sense, the emotions for yourself don't necessarily change. You may have, you have a different outlook, but that hurt and not from 
the experience itself, but the hurt from the loss of a child, like that's still there. So that doesn't go away. And then um, you just realize like how deeply you feel for other women who, who that's part of their story too. And so everything that they feel, or even if it's like, okay, I, that wasn't my experience. Like you just, it's, you're able to relate so deeply with them. And it's just, it's weird. I really, I can't explain it, but it's also really cool to watch like week by week and remembering like how you felt like not knowing what you're walking into the next week in the next week or what we were going to be talking about or having to do the next week and seeing like the trepidation and the, and the, I don't want to be here. I don't want to come back next week or I hate this. This is stupid. Like all of those, like the process, Mm -hmm. like watching him go through and be like, okay, clearly it was, I was not crazy. And I wasn't just being a turd, you know what I'm saying, for feeling a certain way while I was going through it. Like these are real kind of, this is a real process that you're you're going through and to watch other women go through that. So it's like comforting to know like it wasn't just me. Were all the women, and of course we're being respectful of the women. We're not yeah. really, going to just, you know, share any of their no. story yeah. or anything. But just, right. this is just focused more on the study itself. For individuals going through the study, do they are they all required to have have this experience, or is it can, is it just for those who also want to support those who've gone through this experience? Yeah, so it is literally only for women who have had had this experience, and with the exception of our women's ministry leader, this is not a part of her story at all. But she does lead women's ministry, so it it. it that is, she was the, she's the only exception, but, you know, once again, you you have to talk, you do have to consider that a number one, not everyone is not, I'm not going to say it, not everyone, but you know, if, if it's, it's just, it is helpful if it's just women. Yeah. That have gone, gotcha. gone through the experience, because like I said, even though everybody's experience is different um, and the reasons for why they chose to do, to make this choice are different there is like a common commonality of like i said the loss of a child and really wanting to heal from that um that's it's just different it's just a different type of type of thing but the, the other thing i was going to say about just watching or kind of being there um through the process with women going walking through the study it was cool to see the freedom that happened on the other side of it too um and then those women <laughs> quote unquote finding their voice and being like, okay, like now I can, you know what I'm saying? Some, you know, some people are like, well, you know, I don't think, you know, it's for me to go to, you know, shout from the mountaintops that my story, but some women are like, man, I, I, now I know what I'm supposed to be doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, or how this can play an intricate part in how I, you know what I'm saying? I may can communicate with other women uh, about about certain things. So it was just cool to see the freedom that happened. You go from trepidation and not want to do it to like kind of flying off the mountaintops with wings soaring. It was real cool to watch happen. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Where do you feel like you would be right now if you didn't necessarily have this avenue? if you didn't go through this process of the study as well as maybe even the other women? Yeah. Um, I 
think that the, uh, you know, really the freedom in being able to, I think, un- unashamedly share my story and the, and the, once again, use my voice, regardless of how I may, you know, saying, may be nervous about it or whatever, but, you know, really finding freedom on the other side of it and just knowing that I'm able to help someone else. And, and not only that, but every time I share my story, it's a release for me every single time. Every single time, it's a release for me. So the idea, idea that if I hadn't gone through the study, that I may still be locked in the cage somewhere in my my head, mm-hmm. like real talk, real talk. And you know, what I'm saying life might have been fine and going on, but you know, what I mean, I may have come into conversations or had confrontations or disagreements with my husband that may look a lot differently, a lot differently if I hadn't been able to recognize my triggers. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of things would look different if I hadn't gone through this study, for sure. I just look forward to, you know, going through it again. And 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 even my role that I played, I was technically a co-leader. But here, the truth of the matter is that I really feel like I didn't help, I didn't lead or co-lead anything. I was really, I felt like more of a just so support. And I got and I got enjoyment out of that too. You know what I'm saying? Like obviously I was able to share my story again and you know, and things that I had learned from going through the study, but sometimes not, I've I've also learned as much as I'm talking about finding my voice and being able to advocate for myself and to speak up. um, There's also something that is um, powerful about keeping quiet too in certain moments as well. Um, And not to always have something to say, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's okay just to be. It's okay to be. So, yeah. From, you know, going through this experience and recognizing power of your voice and taking that power back, basically, what advice would you have for someone out there that may be in this space that you were thinking back, dialing back to your mind pre the study and, you know, Mm -hmm. and doing the work, how, you know, those emotions and everything built within you, as well as, like you said, you're stifling your voice. How, what advice would you give to someone that doesn't know where to start, what to do, that may be feeling convicted, that mm. uh, may not feel like they have someone they can talk to, they may not even have this study available where they can go through, but what is something that they can hold on to, to let them know it's okay, that's, there are others out there that understands and recognizes where they are and that there's they, they understand that those are the feelings of sh- being shamed, but mm-hmm. you don't have to be and there's support for you. Like, I don't know if that's loaded, but what would you <laughs> offer or what would you say to someone right now that's going through? What would you Dang. say to the old you? Dang. Okay. Yo. Um. So I think the first thing I would say is, when we're talking about this, the topic of abortion, that yes, there is automatically a, a scarlet letter that is associated with with that with that topic. That is your story. Know that number one to always remember that you are that you are loved by God. Number that is the most important thing that you are loved by God. 
and that his love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. And that includes (laughs) abortion. Now we don't, I can go down a rabbit hole of talking about, okay, whether people view abortion as sin or a choice and all, and I may, I may, I'll give my opinion on, on that here in a second, but there's a loss of life. Life is taken. Right. So, 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 so it, it, it's murder. Okay. If I'm just going to be frank about it. Right. But that does not make that greater, that sin greater than another sin. And so his, because you are loved by him, mm-hmm. that covers that sin. Okay. And you do not have to walk around in guilt and shame carrying that burden because he died on the cross for your sin and he died one time. That's it. He had to keep going back, being re-resurrected. He died once and for all. So it is done. It is covered. Okay. Now that doesn't, obviously we know that you, you still carry the thought of that child or maybe that experience. And what I would say is if you don't know anyone, shoot, hit me up, Terry at Terry, uh, Terry and for real at gmail.com. Shoot me an email and I would love to help get you connected wherever you are. Cause there are like, I don't want to say like chapters, but there are groups all over the world, literally all over the world that do this one, this particular study and help get you connected with the group to, um, to be able to, to walk through this study. If you are currently right now, I think facing the choice, I would say hit me up again and I can see if I can try to connect you with a pregnancy resource center. There, there are options. There are options and loss of life doesn't have to be one of them. So there are, there are other options. So hit me up, T-E-R-R-I-A-N, the number four, R-E-E-L, Tarian for real at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. I would love to be able to try to help get you connected, plug you in with women all over the world um, to, to help walk you through this study. Um, and the other thing is knowing that you're not alone. You're not alone. The numbers, the numbers don't lie. And they is many women that you come into contact with. I think it's one in four. I may be wrong. I think it's one in four. I think that's what the ratio is. You've come into contact with a lot of women where this is their story. Um, And they are, and they're walking around carrying this burden and God wants you to let it go. He wants you to let it go. You can let it go without letting go of the memory of your child, but you can let the burden of guilt and shame, you can let that go. So yeah, my other thing that I was going to say about the whole like sin pro-choice thing, I'm going to say something very pr- pr- provocative real quick. And you may have to edit this out. No, this you is your me. story. This is, you know, we are here to share our stories and, you know, you, you feel to say what's on your mind. My stance on the woman's right to choose is I am both pro-choice and pro-life. And here's what I mean by that. I am pro-life in the sense that I believe that every life is precious. Mm-hmm. Okay. The unborn, the child, the black life, mm-hmm. the old life. Mm-hmm. It is all precious. Okay. It is all valuable. 
I'm not an all lives matter -er, if you know what I mean. And you know what I mean when I say all lives matter, because you know what I mean when I say that. Yes, all life matters, but I'm not an all lives matter -er. anyway. So so from womb to tomb and everything else in between. Yes. That it is all precious and valuable to God. Uh, So that's what I mean when I say I'm pro-life. But I'm also pro-choice because I believe that God is pro-choice. What do I mean by that, Tyrion? Well, what I mean by that is when you you think about from the moment that God created the earth and he created human beings, he never once made us do anything against our will. Okay, he always gave us the right to choose. Now, it is up to us whether we choose life or death. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's the difference. We all get to choose life or death. And I urge you to always choose life, but you always have a choice. Mm -hmm. That's profound. That's that on that. I'm not mad at it. Yes. Thank you for being open and honest and transparent and Man, all the things. I have one final question, and it's just for those who haven't necessarily had that experience or don't know what that experience looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be on the side of wanting to support those and support in a way that, guys, when you support someone, no matter what it is yeah. that they've gone through and faced, you always want to do that out of love. Yes. Free of judgment because we all have our own mm-hmm. past experience and burdens that we done laid. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and we all have our own stories. So none of us is short or removed from some sin because we've right. all lived a sinful life. We were born sinful. That's right. We're not going to go down that route. But preach to us this afternoon. <laughs> But my question more so is for people, just for myself, like how can, you know, someone like me support individuals that are going through or have experienced or considering? Yeah. I, you know, the first thing I would say is this is just like with any other topic or anything, if you're wanting to get involved in supporting, I think the first thing you have to do is educate yourself on the facts Mm -hmm. um, and understand the numbers and understand the traumas that are uh, produced from these events. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, a lot of times we may approach, we may have, there may be a certain thing that, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, like a certain subject or cause or something like that, that, that we feel drawn to. And so we always lead with that. And I would say, you know, I think with any situation, we've, we've got to learn how to lead with seeing people as people first, getting mm-hmm. to know people just as people, because the truth of the matter is you can see one segment or no one segment of a person's story, but what, what was going on before? that maybe led up to that or, you know what I'm saying? What led up to the, to the decision of them making that choice that, 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 that tends to be insightful and helpful for, and helps you to be able to empathize with that individual as to maybe why they made that choice and then why they feel the way that they feel post-abortion. Um, so I think, you know what I'm saying? Just getting to know that person, getting to know 
them and their and learning their story. Um, and then I think from there, um, gosh, I think it, it, you know, studies like this, um, that it, I guess I'll, I'll say the name of it. It's called Surrendering the Secret. Surrendering the Secret um, is the name of the, the study. Anyway, but, you know, connecting, connecting that individual maybe with someone else who that is part of their story. Um, because nine times out of 10, you probably know at least two women, at least two women mm. that this is their story. And, pro- and more, I guarantee it's more, but you know, at least two women that this is part of their story. Um, and, and I, and also I, and for the women who this is part of the story, um, don't suffer in silence. Don't suffer in silence. Um, there, there are so many of us out here. There's, there are a lot of us out here. Um, and you don't have to suffer in silence alone. And so for the women who want to come along and support, then that's just what you do. If it's just sitting and holding the hand and letting that woman cry or share her story, that that is more than enough. Because the truth of the matter is those of us who have faced this experience know all too well there are people on 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 both extremes, right? And the people who really think that they're being right about this situation probably do the most harm and damage with some of the nonsense they they be having going on. Um, and so you're doing more harm when you're, you know what I mean? You think you're speaking truth and there is no love connected to it whatsoever. And I'm telling you right now, you can speak truth to me all day long. But if you ain't no kind of love attached to that, I ain't trying to hear nothing you got to say to me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So at that point, the conversation is ended before it even started. Mm-hmm. So we've got to we've got to lead with love. We've got to lead with empathy. Empathy. We can also speak truth yeah. into the matter that that abortion breaks God's heart, and whatever breaks God's heart should break our hearts. Our hearts too. But there is redemption. Okay, and this is not something that a part of you that is broken and it cannot be be repaired. It is very repairable, extremely. He died for this. Okay, so know that that you are redeemable, that you have value. Your child's life has value. Your story has value and you can move forward. Amen. Amen. And amen again. Three amens. Yes. Thank you. 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 Thank you for just being open today. And just because also to you, you know, I know what this road has looked like for you to get here and to mm-hmm. see you be in this space and open and, and, and really sharing this. Y'all don't know what strength Tyrion has from going through this and getting to this place. Um, It takes time and a lot of self-forgiving and just a lot of work, a lot of healing, a lot of healing. And, you know, this is just not us just getting on the mic and just telling a story. Like this was a full experience that, you know, it still lives through her. And the fact that she opened up to share this is just wonderful within itself because it's wonderful in so many ways, but especially for her and for the many women and men that she touches by, you know, open and sharing our story yeah. because, 
you know, that's what I, more so what our stories are for. They're often not sometimes for us, they're for us to share because we don't know how we're encouraging someone to move just from moving through our own and, and, and sharing that experience. We're all connected, I believe. We're, yeah. we, we were born to, to be, you know, to, to connect. Um, and, and how we learn and grow and evolve as individuals is often more so than not is through our stories and, and our experiences that we share with, with one another. And so to get into a space where you can get to that point, y'all, it's just, it's so amazing. I just, um, <laughs> I encourage you and move you, the, whoever is that it that's listening to this right now is that, I'm not saying that, you know, you got to get out and you got to get on the mic. You got to, you know, spread it to the masses. But Mm -hmm. there may just be that one person that is in your path that you are here to touch just by your story. And you got to be open enough to to let that out and let that go. And you just don't know how helping someone else really moves you. And I, I don't mean to cut you off. Just one right. other brief thing. You just said it because um, you alluded to, I know this, this show we tend to cater to black women, but even um, we've, we've got some, a few good men that listen in too. And um, the truth of the matter is a lot of times they're the, they are the for, the forgotten party in this. And I'm not talking about like a man telling a woman what to do with her body, but a lot of times the, the, the young men and the men who are part of this process, sometimes they don't have, they're not given an option or a choice either. Um, and so sometimes they suffer in silence as well. They really, really do. And so, um, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to to all the men out there that this may be part of their story as well. Um, because we all, we, we talk about the woman so often because she is the one that's carrying, carrying the child. But the truth of the matter is that there are a lot of problems out there who, who who are hurting too. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, um, again, if you guys, if you want to connect and reach out to Tyrion, I'll include every, we'll include everything in the show notes, but um, please reach out to her at Tyrion for real at gmail.com. And it's T E R R I A N the number four and real as in like movie real. Yeah. I know Tyrion. Um, that's R R E E L. At yeah. gmail.com. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to share before we wrap up? No, this that was it. Uh thank you for, you know, man. <laughs> but thank you for letting me do this. Uh this is actually the second time we re- re- attempted to record this particular episode. Um, but the time was the the, the time was now. This was the yeah. right time for sure, for sure. So no, thank you. Thank you for, for allowing me to do this today. I'm honored to know yeah. your, you know, facilitator for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm honored to be the, part, be the person to interview, but I'm about to be your cousin too, because you know I look up oh. to you in so many ways. And uh-huh. you know, I'm just amazed that, you know, the woman that you are. So yeah, keep well, on. That means a lot. Really does. No. Keep on, keep keeping on. Hey. <laughs> here for it. All right. Well, um, you guys, um, I think that's about it for now. Do do we want to do a um, power, your power word for twenty twenty? 
Um, I can really quick. Sure. Well, we're for 2020. You know, 2020 be, you know what I'm saying? She be moving and shaking, shifting and, you know what I'm saying? Like she be doing the Harlem Shake. I don't know what she, she don't know what <laughs> she want to do. Harlem Shake. <laughs> it's 2020 be doing the Harlem Shake. doing the heel and the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> all of that. Uh, so in all, in all of the moving and shaking, my, my two power words for 2020 are a or adapt and also contentment adapt just because you know we've had to learn how to adapt in this changing and ever evolving world the the truth is regardless of if 2020 had gone the way it was going or not life is always changing life is always evolving and we have to learn how to adapt and get in where we fit in and make the most of of life and then the and then being in contentment is just to be learning to be content in whatever ever season that that you're in and you know for the majority of us majority of us right now it is being content at you know what i'm saying doing life differently and being at home more um and so i'm gonna be content in that and i'm gonna soak it all in and i'm gonna make the best of it i'm gonna make the most of it and also in that contentment not you know i'm saying being lackadaisical but just being content in whatever is going on and being and, and being grateful you know what i'm saying um, in, in the moments that, that I've been allowed to have and to be being allowed to see and witness. So, yeah. Amen. Adapt and content. Yeah. Add it to the list. Yes. Any projects or special works in the, in, in, in the near future? We're going to catch uh, you behind a screen or recording some scenes. Uh, you know, see my catch some recordings or something like that. I don't know. We'll trying to get you on, trying to get you on air. You're trying to get me on air. <laughs> but you know, keep your eyes and your ears open for sure. That's, right. that's yeah. We'll see my what eyes happens. Wide. I got four of them. Hey, me too. <laughs> me too. Hey, I'm still. I'm. Um, Nikon still has all their stuff up, so I've actually been. You know trying to per- perfect my craft and, and glean some knowledge from Nikon. Um, thankfully, they still have all their videos up. So, yeah. Come on, Melanated Conversations photo shoot when we can open back up in the world. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, y'all. Um, thank again, thanks again to our special guest today, Tyrion Jones, for sharing her story. And, um, yeah, just continue to tune in with us every week and again if you have a story that you want to share um feel free to send us a note at info at melanatedconversations.com you know our aim is always to amplify the voices and stories of black women share our um, lessons and celebrate our successes so i'm gonna keep on moving along in that mission but we're gonna wrap here today and um you know Until next time, melanate on that. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time. Keep raising your voice.
Are you someone who's ready to get your voice out into the world? Have you been considering starting your own podcast and not sure of all the things it takes to launch your show? Well, at Levels to Lunch, they've done all the groundwork to help you turn your dreams into streams. With professional knowledge and experience in strategy, recording, editing, and presenting, they have all the resources to help you in your journey in launching your show. From the do-it-yourselfer to that time-strapped podcaster that just needs to get it done, they walk you through every step to get your show launched and ready for the world. So go ahead and take that next step and make your podcasting dreams a reality by visiting levelstolunch.com. Again, that's www.levelstolunch.com.